Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert. Now, I feel taller just saying I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. You can find out more about Journey to Success Radio at our website, journeytosuccessradio.com. Made it pretty simple for you today. Uh, So our guest today has a position or... uh, don't know what you call it, but she has does something I would love to do. Her name is Rachel Rose. She's the director of the Center for Student Development at the University of uh, Virginia College at Y. She's a licensed professional counselor, director of the Napoleon Hill Scholars Program, and adjunct professor of Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success. Wow. She holds certifications in clinical supervision with the Virginia Board of Counseling, uh, glutenology, ooh, new word for me, with the Gluten-Free Society, and as a Law of Attraction basic practitioner with the Global Sciences Foundation. She's also an honorary member of the National Society of Leadership and Success. As a professional speaker, Rachel is presented for the Virginia Counselors Convention, the American Counseling Association's National Conference, the Help, Hope, and Healing Conference, the Virginia Foundation for Healthy Youth, and numerous other venues on the topics of self-care, mental health, very important, personal development, motivation, gluten sensitivity, and mindfulness extremely important. Rachel is a member of the American Counseling Association, the American College Counseling Association, as well as the Concerned About Our Community Coalition. She's passionate about promoting Napoleon Hill's philosophies of success and inspiring and motivating others to achieve optimal well-being and accomplishment. Welcome to the show, uh, Rachel. Thank you so much. What an amazing opportunity to get to teach Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success to young, bright, intelligent, enthusiastic uh, people of all, uh, probably a lot of different cultures, and uh, what a great opportunity. Tell me a little bit about how that came to be, because when I read it, I was like, wow, I would love to do that. 
Well, thank you, Tom. It's just been an absolute pleasure and honor to be able to work with a classroom of our students sharing Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success. Um, I've had an interest in sharing Hill's principles throughout my community and wanted to try to find some opportunities to get involved where I could do that. And um, it just so happened that I was able to um, become director of the Napoleon Hill Scholars Program this past fall here at the university. And along with that, was able to teach the Keys to Success course this spring. And that's the first time that I have done that. And I can just, just say it's been so rewarding um, to share these principles and watch young people um, achieve um, development of their definite major purpose and the keys mm -hmm. to what it takes to be successful in life. And they, they seem to have really enjoyed the class and um, they really just soaked up the material. It's been wonderful. Amazing, amazing. I imagine that first one was pretty exciting. And so congratulations on having done that. Now, uh, just like Don Green doesn't become the executive director of the foundation just because it's Don Green, he has a history of success and wisdom and and uh, passion for Napoleon Hill. And so you're not just the instructor of the Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success program, but uh, you do a lot, not only in Virginia, but in the uh, college as well. So talk about uh, the various services you provide for and in the college as well as uh, throughout your communica uh, community, because obviously in that uh, introduction, you are actively involved in way more things than just teaching that course. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm just very passionate about um, helping others to succeed in all areas of their lives, and I've tailored my education to enhance my ability to be able to be of service to others on their journey to success. And um, I'm a 2002 graduate of the University of Virginia's College at Wise, where I majored in psychology and minored in sociology. And I earned a Master of Science degree in Counseling and Human Development from Radford University in 2005. And I returned to UVA-WISE in the professional capacity in 2007 when I was hired as a counselor in the Center for Student Development. And August will actually make nine years that I've been employed with the university. So it's really neat to be back in a professional capacity um, from a school that I graduated from. But, right. That must be fun. It's great. It's great. And um, I started out as a counselor, and I was working toward my licensure at that time and, and went through supervision to receive that. Um, once I received my um, licensure with the state of Virginia to become a licensed professional counselor, um, I continued working in that capacity and actually became the director of the Center for Student Development. And that is in, encompasses um, career development, health services, counseling services, and multicultural affairs. So I oversee the area, and we do a lot of things on campus in terms of programming for health and wellness-related topics. Um, we go into the classrooms and do presentations, um, just you know, aimed at personal success and wellness and general well-being. Um, as a counselor, I work with students with anything and everything that's affecting them being successful as students. I mean, and sometimes that's mental health issues such as depression or anxiety, um, I work with time management, stress management, relationship issues, grief and loss, um, and as well as just students on personal development, um, which is very, very rewarding. Um, so I work in a lot of those capacities, 
And one of the biggest uh, rewards that I've had in the past year is becoming the director of the Scholars Program. So mm-hmm. I've been able to work with 17 students at once. I've, I've initiated some mastermind groups, which is new for me. Um, so I have students in a group that I can help um, enhance their skills for success and their own well-being and their coping skills. So I've been able, what's been great to me is to be able to take what I share normally in a one-on-one session and work with larger groups of people, which is my goal in life, is to take what I do here and, and, and reach a larger number of people in doing so. Amen. Amen. That's an amazing goal. And uh, it would impact uh, not only the people you teach, but everyone that comes in contact with them for the rest of their life. So what an amazing opportunity. Now, uh, you, there was a lot of words counseling in your introduction, and I imagine that a lot of counseling is geared toward what my definite purpose is, which is to encourage people to live positively with and through the many and very challenges of life. And I doubt many people go to counseling because life is going amazing. So they all have some challenges and adversities, uh, but the way to get through it is with a positive mental attitude and even using Napoleon Hill's principles can help you turn that tide. And so uh, talk about your passion. It's obviously a passion for counseling and uh uh, the, the, some of the great results you've had that really, you know, make you feel that it's worth more than money. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I started out in this, everybody's like, why do you want to be a counselor? You're not going to make any money at that. You're not going <laughs> to get rich doing that. And I said, well, that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is being able to reach people in times of adversity, in times of defeat, in times of uh, roadblocks and challenges and stumbling blocks and see them through um, to great success. And when I say success, I'm not just referring to financial success or material success. I'm talking about peace of mind. I'm talking about general well-being, um, enthusiasm for life, um, and zest, and energy, and motivation. It's it's all of those things. And, um, you know, I've seen um, numerous people over the years in different capacities come in feeling pretty defeated. And um, after some sessions and working through some things in which they do all the work, you know, it's kind of like the coach and, you know, they're out there running the ball. Um, But, you know, I just help facilitate um, those changes and insights and awareness so that they can go out and live the lives that they're capable of living. And that is just so rewarding to work with students on that capacity. Um, Everybody, I think it's important to remember that everybody faces adversity and defeat. And it's our mental attitude that determines how well we get through that. Because two people can experience the same thing, um, a pretty similar event, look at it totally differently, and one person be completely defeated and give up on life, and the other person use it as what I call fuel um, for their journey to success and to actually uh, move past that and not only just get through the adversity but to actually excel in life. Mm-hmm. And to use those to use those disadvantages as fuel for their journey. And that's where it's at. It's teaching people how to use that to their advantage. Amen. Amen. You got me excited here. Because, yeah, two people, actually two people could be side by side experiencing the same thing. And one of them can be enormously positively focused and the other one, it could destroy their life. And you're thinking... What is the difference between one and the other? And so it's just, as you said, 
mental well-being, physical well-being, all of the 17 success principles of Napoleon Hill. And if you have that, uh, you're more prone to use the most of your skills, talents, and abilities no matter what life throws at you. And so, uh, wow, very exciting. And counseling really can help shift uh, people's focus. We have 50,000, 60,000 thoughts a day, and I imagine by the time you're finished with them, they're more on the positive mental attitude side than the negative one. And from there, uh, change happens once the thoughts change. So amazing. Now, I got involved with the Napoleon Hill Foundation in 2009. I took the online course. I went to Ireland and uh, I did a service project and became a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. Now, I'm five foot one, but when I say that, I feel like I'm six foot seven. Uh, and I've had amazing reactions, like people talking to them, one woman in an elevator, what do you do? Oh, I just came back from a Napoleon Hill Foundation uh, speaking engagement. Napoleon Hill, oh my gosh, I read his book, and oh my God, and I get like a five-minute sales talk on Napoleon Hill, and that happens so often, and so ever since then, boy, I've just been lit on fire. I was a fan of Napoleon Hills, but I had never heard of the foundation, and it's like, oh my God, I almost could have gone through my life and not hearing about the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and so how did you... Uh, get involved uh, with the foundation and uh, tell us about that and even maybe your introduction to Think and Grow Rich. I always love those stories. Was there someone who loved you a lot and said, okay, Rachel, I highly recommend this book for you? Okay, well, you know, I really hate to admit this, but, you know, I live right here in Wise County, Virginia, and I'm 15 minutes away from where Napoleon Hill was born. Um, the Napoleon Hill Foundation is actually located, their office is located right here on the campus of UVA Wise, and the executive director is Dawn Green, who I had never met before until about three and a half years ago. So I hate to admit, but I really didn't know a lot about Napoleon Hill until about three and a half years ago, even though I'm right here in this area where he was, he was born. But basically, it's just a very neat story of how things come about, and I love to share this story because I think it helps others to, I guess, trust in the process of life and that things happen just at the right time and the right mm. people and, and the right circumstances. And it's also about trusting your gut instinct when you get inspired to do something, which I call inspired action, and you go with it. And that's right. what I've learned a lot in the past, you know, three and a half years is listen to my gut and go with inspired action and do it despite being afraid or uncomfortable or, or you know, wondering about the what-ifs that could happen. But what happened was I had a colleague who had um, who was leaving her position, and she came to my office one day, and she said, Rachel, would you like these books? I just, I don't want them, and, you know, I'm leaving, and I don't want to have to carry them. I said, sure. So she handed me two books, and I put them on my bookshelf, and they actually sat there for, like, two years before I even looked at them. I didn't pay much attention to them. They sat there. And one Friday afternoon when I was leaving work, there was just this thought, a very strong thought that came over me. It was attached to a strong feeling that just said, why don't you go get one of those books and take it home and read it this weekend? And I thought, well, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. So it was yeah. so strong that I went back to my office, unlocked the door, and just grabbed one of them. Well, the book that I grabbed was called Three Feet from Gold, and it was written mm. by Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So I took the book home that weekend, and I started reading it, 
and love the book. I found it very inspirational, um, very motivational about not giving up when you might be right there at the point where you're striking gold. But anyway, the book mentioned Don Green a lot throughout the book. And when I would come across his name, there was just this same sort of, um, I don't know, feeling that said you need to contact Don Green Mm -hmm. and see how you can get involved with the foundation because I agreed with the principles and I lived them in my life and I wanted to see how I could, you know, further those in my community and, and, you know, kind of align with the organization to help them as well. So I read the book and that Monday morning I called Don. Like I said, I had never met him before. I didn't really know him had a conversation with him, and he invited me to come and meet with him. So I scheduled a meeting and um, went to meet with him, and we actually met for about two hours. We talked about this and that and everything, and he, you know, enlightened me about the foundation and talked a lot about Napoleon Hill, and, of course, Don is just a wonderful resource, um, anything Napoleon Hill related. (laughs) But I had been working on a manuscript, um, outline and intro and... um, just uh, had gotten started on it, and I wanted to ask Don what his suggestions were for me to be able to, how do you get to a publisher, how do you get to an agent, you know, what is the process for this? And he looked at my material, he seemed, you know, pretty impressed with it, and he has helped me with the proposal and the process and, um, and, and linking it to publishers and things like that. But from that point on, I developed a relationship with Don because he became my mentor, and um, I've just learned so much from him about mm-hmm. life and about success and about going the extra mile, about personal initiative, um, you know, being persistent. That was one of the things he always talked about is persistence. So I was persistent, you know, <laughs> with Don, uh, you know and continued to work with him and, and just developed a wonderful relationship. And um, definitely the more I learned about the foundation and Napoleon Hill, definitely wanted to become more involved. So I contacted Frank Fry, who was a professor here here at our university, and he was the current director of the Napoleon Hill Scholars Program. And um, it just so happened that he, um, a year later, became chair of the business department, and he could no longer serve as director. So he knew my passion for Napoleon Hill and and my work with Dawn and, and all of those things, and it just became that I took over responsibilities as director of that program. So in assuming those responsibilities, of course, I worked more closely with the foundation. And, you know, here's what I'm looking at. Here's what we want to do. What what do you suggest? How can we you know, further Napoleon in our community? Things like that. So I just developed a good relationship with the foundation and continue to work with them very, very closely. And I can honestly say that that is one of the best things um, that I've come in contact with in my office is the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Wonderful. Wonderful foundation doing great work across the world. Right, across the world. Napoleon Hill is admired around the world. Like last month I had a record for my website. A hundred and people from a hundred and thirty eight countries visited my website and my website's all about Napoleon Hill. And so right, a global impact and Don is amazing. Like I got a package in the mail just last week, some Think and Grow Rich pins, uh, lapel pins to bring to Cambodia and a few Napoleon Hill Foundation pins. And I'm like, and I was mentioned in the acknowledgments in his book and I admire Don, but I figured out how Don gets so much done. It's through his assistant, Anita. Anita is an amazing lady. and. Most of my communication with Don is through Anita. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, Anita is fabulous, but she um, she is just wonderful. And, and, you know, talking about going the extra mile, a pleasing personality, positive mental attitude, she exemplifies all of those keys to success, and I just love working with Anita. All right. Amazing lady. I got to meet her on the cruise, this leader certification cruise last November and spend a week with her, and what a great lady. So, uh, Rachel, uh, when you read the purpose statement or objective, haven't read it recently, of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, two things are mentioned. One is work in prisons, teaching the principles in prisons. The other one is to provide scholarships for students. And so talk about the Napoleon Hill Scholars Program because that is a vital key purpose of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Yes. Um, the Napoleon Hill Scholarship, of course, was created by the Napoleon Hill Foundation with the mission of the program being to develop the leadership potential of men and women by providing them opportunities to share Napoleon Hill's keys to success with others throughout Southwest Virginia. Um, the requirements for the scholarship, um, the students are required to maintain a 3.0 GPA. And um, like I said, I initiated um, mastermind group meetings, so that has become a requirement of participants, which is wonderful because they have their own built-in team of support and um, to hold each other accountable and um, personal growth and development and learning from each other. So that's been a very productive part of students who are um, receiving the scholarship. They also are required to conduct a minimum of four presentations in our community. And we do um, different things um, in the community. We've spoken to at-risk youth where the students all did different activities, took a principal, engaged the students in activities, and really, really helped share those keys to success with students who maybe come from um, more adversity and, and things like that. Um, we have some upcoming presentations. Actually, this week I have several scholars actually going to our primary school and working with third and fourth grade students starting early. Wow. <laughs> success. So I thought that was important to not just reach high school age students, um, but the smaller children as well. Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things they're doing this week. And um, they're also required to complete the Keys to Success course. So they have a lot that they do. They stay busy. And I just have a wonderful group of scholars that's been an absolute pleasure working with. Um, and I learn from them, you know, right. well. <laughs> I learn right. from them, then maybe they do from me. <laughs> <laughs> and what a, great, what a great thing with the, uh, you've mentioned the mastermind groups a few times. And really, if you read about Andrew Carnegie and what Hill wrote about Carnegie, like that's like the number one was the number one key to his success was mastermind groups because apparently he didn't know much about manufacturing of steel at all and yet he was at the biggest steel business on the planet at the time and uh, so mastermind groups really 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 are a key to success you can have a purpose and a positive attitude but you must also have a mastermind group, as you'd mentioned, keep you accountable, keep you on your personal development track, uh, provide you with creative ideas and advice. Um, so many important things in a mastermind uh, group. So talk about that a little bit and how uh, how the students uh, reacted to that and, and what they've done and, and a little bit more because that's a fascinating thing that is probably brand new 
the students. As a matter of fact, I think, uh, well, I know that in, uh, Napoleon Hill wrote that none of the principles he invented, the only one that's unique is the mastermind, and that was really Andrew Carnegie's name for it. Yes. Well, basically, we meet every other week for about an hour, hour and a half, and um, we each, there's two groups, so I divided the scholars into two different groups, and I had them brainstorm initially when we started this just terms that they felt represented success and what they wanted to um, represent. So we did this collage of words, basically, and incorporated that into mission statements for each group. And what we do is we start out each group session, each mastermind meeting, reading our mission statement. Um, so, I mean, just in general, it was terms about making a positive difference in the lives of others, holding each other accountable, and, and kind of things like that. So we start out with our mission statement, and I always bring a Napoleon Hill quote, and I cut it out so that everybody has one to take with them, and we pass around the quote, and we all comment about it, and we have a discussion about how that is representative in our life and, and you know, various things about that. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Sometimes I'll take a book and I'll share an excerpt from a book and we'll discuss that. But we talk about um, purpose and what is our purpose. And each group we set a goal um, of what do we want to accomplish by the next time we meet. So everybody goes around and speaks about their goal and um, what they want to achieve and how they're going to do it. And then sometimes they ask questions. Um, How are you going to do this or have you thought about this? And they're there for support for each other. And if someone is working towards something in particular, then the other group members chime in and say, well, here's how I can help, or here's my expertise mm-hmm. in this area, and here's what I would suggest to you in working toward that goal. So, it, I mean, it's a complete mastermind alliance. Um, so the advantage to that is having people that have strengths that you don't necessarily have, but that can help you attain your definite major purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the first semester we kind of did that, and the second semester we started the hot seat. And I thought that was a good opportunity for them to have a semester together to get used to each other and more comfortable. And this semester, um, we've initiated the hot seat, which they were a little intimidated about to begin with. But they have actually loved it. So we have two volunteers each time we meet to be in the hot seat. And basically, it's a prime opportunity for them to share either something they're struggling with or something they want to work toward, but they don't maybe know the steps to take to achieve it. So everybody mm-hmm. chimes in for that person in helping them work toward that goal. And it's been so beneficial for the people in the hot seat um, wow. as they've walked away from the mastermind meetings. So they have that support, encouragement, um, insight um, from the entire group, which has been wonderful. And I think they have realized it's not as intimidating as it sounds. <laughs> right, right. It sounds scary, but in the end, those probably some of the things they share could be the first time that they've ever shared that with people, what they really want to do or struggling with, need help with. Not something we often are comfortable doing. So it could be the first time that some of those people have shared those things. And and to get positive, encouraging feedback and help is nothing but good for them, of course. Yes, absolutely. And also I think another value to that is what one person brings to the hot seat 
other people may be dealing with the same issue. Right. They they get the benefit of hearing everybody's input as well. And I've heard that comment several times from the scholars this semester. It's like, wow, I've been dealing with that too. I'm so glad you asked that because I, you know, I didn't even think about that. Right. So it's, it's so uh, so cool. I found it so often in life, particularly one men's uh, group Bible study I attended for three years, and someone would say something, and someone uh, another guy would be like. I think the same way, or I've had that same question. We all thought we were, we each thought we were unique in our questioning and thinking, and when you actually voice it, it's like, wow, I struggle with that too. Oh my gosh, really? Oh, thank you for sharing. And and that really opens up a great discussion. It does, and I also think it builds cohesiveness and rapport with the scholars themselves, because they realize they're not on this island out here and that they can have empathy (laughs) and understanding and positive regard for their peers. Um, so it's just worked on so many levels, and it's just been it's just been really good experience. And like I said, I'm just honored to be, be a part of that and to witness the growth and development um, in the students that I work with. It, it's, it's wonderful, and I know they're all going to go off and do some great things. And, you know, that's one of the things I look at in terms of success. The more I grow in my own personal development, the more I have to share with other people and those people take that information and share that with the people they come in contact with. And it's like the ripple effect. Um, right. You're reaching large quantities of people just by investing in yourself and your own personal development and sharing that with others. And it just, it, you know, it grows exponentially. Amen, amen. And so uh, both of us uh, know, and Napoleon Hill fans know, there's 17 principles of success or in the course your course it's called keys to success and even within the foundation there's a board of directors there's disagreement on which ones are the most important for instance uh, Jim Olson the president of the foundation on his list of principles on his card he has PMA first and he believes that one's ahead of definite purpose. And even Napoleon Hill and W. Clement Stone would have, a, would have occasional friendly arguments about which is the most important. Clement Stone obviously being on the PMA side and Hill being on the purpose side. And so uh, take the 17 keys to success and let me know uh, what are the most important in achieving optimal success and well-being. That's a great word, well-being. Yes. Well, I think that all the keys are very significant um, to success, but I would have to agree that the first and foremost most valuable key is a positive mental attitude. Um, I think if you can maintain a positive mental attitude, you actually stay in the driver's seat of your life and you don't fall as easily as a victim to circumstances or events that you may encounter. So um, you may not can control everything that happens in life, that you can control your mental attitude, which makes all of the difference in the world. And in counseling terms, we call it reframing, putting a new frame on a picture. Um, So, I mean, positive mental attitude, I think, is the first and foremost most beneficial key there is to success because that's something you have complete control over. Right, right. And then, of course, I don't know if there's first or second, but I know that the first two, that the second one needs to be definite purpose, right? Absolutely. And that that's definitely um, the second one that I would list because, um, you know, if you don't have a definite purpose, it's real easy just to kind of drift through life aimlessly. 
and you know how do you know when you achieve success if you don't know what you're working toward and uh, what do you have to strive for what do you have to get up each morning and work toward so i think a definite major purpose is is so important um you know it's what do you need to do each day to make your dreams become a reality what is your purpose and um you know like you said you know sometimes it takes people a little while to figure that out right. um, and i think sometimes people maybe become frustrated and it's like, well, you know, I'm, you know, 25 years old. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know mm. what I want to do. And so that's very frustrating for people. And, and mm. you know, as a counselor and in working with people and, and as a mentor, I try to say, well, what, what are the things that you like? What do you find the most enjoyment out of? And how can you make that into your profession? <laughs> you know, right. Trying to help people, help people with that. Um, so definitely – definite major purpose. And the next thing on the list, and we've kind of hit that um, a little bit earlier, is about learning from adversity and defeat. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as we mentioned earlier, everybody faces adversity and defeat. Um, but, you know, what is the difference that makes somebody hold on as opposed to giving up? And, and too many people give up at the first signs of difficulty or failure, not realizing that that is part of the journey. You know, you're going to meet with temporary defeat. You're going to mm-hmm. meet with failure, you know, possibly 10,000 times like Thomas Edison. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, how many of you would keep going, you know, 10,000 times? But um, you, you just keep moving forward and learning um, that those adversities are there to guide you and shape you, not to defeat you. And um, right. one of the things I list in my manuscript, and I say this to a lot of students and individuals that I work with, is that you must let those adversities fuel you and not fool you. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Fuel you and not fool you. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, adversity comes through many different things. It's life events. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's in the words people say to us or people's reactions or behaviors toward us. And a lot of times that's people that we care a lot about, and that's very hurtful. So sometimes people will give up on their goals because, you know, something someone said or, or done. But I say let this fuel you instead of fooling you into believing that you're not capable of doing what you're supposed to do. Let this be, you know, let this, you know, boost you. <laughs> right. Right. And that's my favorite principle, the one I speak about most. It relates to my life, the clearest of learning from adversity and defeat. And now I shared with you earlier that my uh, I change the wording. I call it God-given life purpose is to encourage as many people as possible to live positively with and through the challenges of life. I used to talk about the difficulty of finding your purpose, and here I am taking the Napoleon Hill Foundation Leader Certification course. Part of that course is come up with your definite purpose, and by the end of the 15 weeks, I think it was, I came up with what I thought was a purpose. But it wasn't even my purpose. I was trying to be someone else. And Judy Williamson, the education director at the World Learning Center, said, Tom, examine your life and find out what your true purpose is, why God has allowed various things to happen in your life. I was trying to be uh, the next Shane Moran. Shane Moran is the co-founder of Organo Gold, which is the only partner in the history of the Napoleon Hill Foundation and the largest contributor by far every single year. And Shane earns, uh, last I looked, about $1.3 million a month. And so uh, Judy said, "Uh, Tom, you're not Shane, and Shane's not you, and 
you were both created for different things. And so now I have what I truly believe. If Jesus were sitting on the other side of my desk sharing with me why I was created, I believe I have the same document that he would give me. And can you imagine the power of knowing that if Jesus were right in front of you, he would say, this is what you were created to do? Like, anything that you're doing that's not that would seem like a dishonor to God and you want to pursue it. So share with me your definite major purpose, what you believe God created you to do and the legacy he wants you to leave. I believe strongly that my definite major purpose in life is to inspire others to achieve optimal success and well-being and to not only inspire them to overcome adversity and defeat, but to use it as fuel for their journey toward personal greatness. And it's mm. to help those people achieve what God put them out to do. You know, mm. help them achieve their God-given purpose, as you said. Right. Um, and my vision for this for many, many years now has been to do this through motivational speaking. And my work that I have done my entire life, I think, has prepared me to take that to that next level and encompass the experiences of the individuals I've worked with over the years and share that, um, how to get out of that, you know, how to persevere with with the world. And that's Mm. been my dream for a long time. And I do this on a a small scale, and my dream is to reach larger um, volumes of people with what I can do in a one-on-one session or or in a group. So that is my purpose. Amen. What an amazing, empowering, encouraging, uh, uh, spirit-filled purpose. Uh, and if you did, it, when you do that, you are impacting so many lives that uh, you're not even uh, aware of. And so, and another thing I noticed in that, it's not a lot of people have set a definite purpose or the timeline. And I heard Napoleon Hill on a CD say that your definite purpose should be a lifetime purpose. And your purpose is something you can do until your very last breath, just like mine is. And so that's a key as well, that it's a pervading lifetime purpose, not just, okay, I want to reach this position or this financial position or do this. It's a lifetime encompassing everywhere you go, everyone you meet goal or purpose. Absolutely. I told my class, you know, here are my dreams, here are my aspirations, this is what I want to do. But you have to enjoy where you are on the way to where you want to be. Right. And I told them, you know, I may not be speaking in front of 50,000 people right now, but I have 30 students in a classroom that I can make a difference for. <laughs> you know, right. I have individual students coming in. So it's doing what you do, um, you know, until you can reach that and then you continue to grow at that point. I, th- I don't right. think there's an end destination. I think like what you said, it's continuous state of growth. Right, and you mentioned 30, but those 30 people in their lives will encounter more than 50,000 people. And if you ingrain Napoleon Hill's success principles into them, you've impacted those 50,000 people as well. You'll have created someone who uses the most of their skills, talents, and abilities that God has given them. And when you do that, uh, they may not be standing, your audience may not be standing right in front of you, but they will come over the years in contact with that person. And the seed you sown will soon be seeded into someone else's life. 
and uh, that's a great opportunity. That's a very good way to look at it. And, you know, Tom, I also wanted to say about the definite purpose is, you know, when you know your God-given purpose, and that is your burning desire, and you feel it with every ounce of your being, and you know that's what you're supposed to do, it makes it a lot easier to step out of your comfort zone and take those risks because you know it's part of your purpose. Right. Um, and, and so that's where your applied faith comes in. It's having faith in what you know you are on this earth to do. So you right. step out of your comfort zone and you take those risks and you align yourself with people um, and, and you continue on that path because you know in your whole being that that's what you're meant to do. Right, and then if you know that in your whole being, you also come to know that, okay, God doesn't plant this in me without finishing it, and I may not know what to do or who to work with or how to get there, but the Holy Spirit and God is going to put me in touch with the right people as I'm focused on what he actually created me to do. And so that kind of thinking and and purpose so strong Obviously, it's going to, you know, the Lord can't help you if you don't know what you want. And right. so you, when you know what you want, you can ask specifically of God, here's my purpose. Just help me bring the right people and opportunities to help me fulfill what you created me to do. And Absolutely. I think if, if God honors the prayers, that's one of the ones he's got to honor. That's why he created you. Exactly. Amazing. Now, uh, Napoleon Hill quotes. There's a ton of them. Uh, I got a bunch on my website, and I would love to ask people, what is their favorite Napoleon Hill quote? Well, I have two. So, and if we've talked a lot about adversity, but my favorite one is every adversity, every failure, and every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Mm-hmm. Wonderful quote. I use that with students in counseling. I use that in workshops. There's always a silver lining, and I help people try to to find that. Right. Um, absolutely. And then my other one is whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Because I strongly believe you have to see it in your mind's eye before you see it in reality. And you have to, you know, have this perception and a vision of what you want. And you have to believe that you can achieve that or be it or get there, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, and then it is possible. Even mm. if you have no earthly idea how you will get there, <laughs> right, <laughs> you don't right. right now. If you don't have the the associations, right. if you don't have any, you know, if you don't have a clue how you're going to achieve it, if you can conceive it and you can believe it, you can achieve it. Right, and God knows how. So as long as you can conceive it and believe it, then it can actually, it will actually achieve it. You will achieve it, and so powerful. And the first one about adversity and failure—that's basically the whole message of what I talk about in my favorite quote as well. So very cool that you picked that one. Well, Rachel, this has been a lot of fun. Like This must be an amazing opportunity for you. You must put a smile every day on your face when you're planting these seeds into young minds that are going to go out into the world and use Hill's uh, keys to success to achieve their purpose and whatever they're studying for. Um, boy, I think I'd be grinning so wide I could eat a banana sideways every day doing that for my, uh, for my uh, life. Yes, very rewarding. Very rewarding. Wow. Well, thank you for your time, Rachel. Say hi to Don Green and Anita for me and keep up the amazing work. You are involved in one of the two 
major declared purposes of the foundation, one for the prisoners and one for the scholars program. And boy, that's pretty important and exciting to be in charge of one of the two major aims and projects of the foundation. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Tom. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.